as a student of Benedictine College way back when, I had the opportunity of, to attend a few pro-life seminars or conferences um, as at the time in the early 90s the pro-life group was the faith life on campus. Things have changed a little bit since I was a student. And one of the speakers I encountered there was a man by the name of Bernard Nathanson. Bernard Nathanson was one of the lead abortionists in the United States at the time of Roe v. Wade in 1973. Dr. Bernard Nathanson later had a conversion and become, became one of the individuals on the front line of the pro-life movement throughout the 90s and early 2000s. He died just a few years ago. I'm reminded of this because of our gospel this evening. As we hear tax collectors and prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God before us. For several years, the Abbey community has been ministering in the federal, federal and state prison systems in Leavenworth and Lansing. One of our monks was a longtime chaplain at the Lansing Correctional Facility, one of the state's maximum, medium, and minimum security prisons. A young man he ministered to when he was a teenager had threatened someone with their life and actually discharged the weapon he was holding which led to time in a juvenile correctional facility and later at Lansing State Prison. During his time in prison and through the work of this monk of the Abbey, the young man came to know the mercy of God and had a profound conversion. Early in his life, this young man made an incredibly poor decision. But through the mercy of God, he found his way beyond that dark choice, graduated from Benedictine College, putting his life back together through his faith, is now married and works in ministry in the church, sharing his story of conversion with anyone who will listen. It is impossible to peer into another person's heart into their soul and know its state. I know I have not been given the gift of reading souls, though it is a gift of the Holy Spirit. Even our own souls can remain hidden from us if we don't do the work of examining them. With our consciences sometimes skewed, our consciences uninformed, it is hard for us to see the simplicity, the fragility of our lives, both corporal and spiritual. As today's parable indicates, at every moment we are either saying yes or no to God. It sometimes seems like from one day to the next, even from one instant to the next, 
we can become a different person, as the two young men did in our gospel this evening. One saying no and then changing his mind, and the other saying yes with really no intention of following through. Well, this idea that we can change things around in our lives gives us hope. It can also lull us into the sense that we will always have the opportunity to put things right. There is always tomorrow to bring my life into order. That view of life can be tragic, a fatal illusion. The church fathers often compared our present existence to a potter molding clay. As long as the clay is moist, it can be formed into almost any shape. But when the potter places it in the fire, it becomes fixed unless that piece of pottery is broken down. So it is with our human soul. In this life, we can change right up to our last breath and even in the moment of our last breath. We can say yes or no to God. But when we die like a piece of pottery, we, our souls, are fixed forever. For all eternity, we will either look toward God or away from Him. Each decision, no matter how small, has a role in shaping us for eternity. A local pastor recently shared a story of a young man in our archdiocese. And when I shared this story this morning at the 10 o'clock Mass, someone came up to me and actually told me that this was their cousin. This young man had been on a family vacation over the summer at a coastal resort. While he and his family were out enjoying the beach, he dove into an oncoming wave and the undertow took, him, took hold of him and he struck his head on the ocean floor and broke his neck. He returned from that trip paralyzed. And when the local pastor went to visit him, the pastor tried to console him and said that he didn't know what God had planned for this young man. But indeed, there was a plan. The pastor told the young man, I can't tell you the why, but I can tell you that through faith, God will bring something out of this. As the pastor was leaving the hospital, a young woman came up to him and asked if he would visit her mother who had just been diagnosed with stage 4 cancer and was on her deathbed. The pastor went to the woman's room and in his discussion with her determined that she had never been baptized and never practiced any faith throughout her life. The pastor asked the woman if she would like to be baptized and after some catechesis and her consent, the pastor baptized, confirmed, and gave her first communion. The pastor returned to the young man's room and shared with him what had just happened with this dying woman. 
that through his trial, the pastor came to the hospital that day and encountered this woman whose soul was changed, was brought to God. In this woman's conversion, she said yes to the newfound grace God offered her. It was a moment in which God's grace brought joy and new life. We don't always recognize how fragile this joy is. On our part, and along with a, a daily measure of grace, it requires of us to recognize that it is a gift of God, and it requires a yes from us, sometimes a daily yes. In this woman, in the young man our monk encountered at the Lansing Prison, our BC alumnus, we see individuals who have said yes and found joy in their conversion. However, we have also seen the results of choosing the opposite. We realize in this that no one has their final form until their moment of death. There is hope as our fragility has a plus side also. It gives us the capability to change, the possibility of repentance, the possibility of conversion, the possibility of allowing God to remove our hearts of stone and replace them with hearts of flesh. The prophet Ezekiel speaks about the virtuous man who turns away from virtue and dies. On the other hand, he says that if a wicked man turns from evil, he will live. It seems unfair that after an apparently good life, one can be condemned for one foul, untimely deed. Or that after an apparently selfish life, one can turn to God and gain salvation in the last moment. But the key word here is apparent and the knowledge of the freedom that God gives us. We only see appearances. God's ways might seem unfair because we don't always know God's ways. We can't see what is in the human heart, in the soul of each human being. Don't think you know what's going on in the person next to you. How often we are blinded even to our own souls. And so as we celebrate this Eucharist this evening, let us take great hope in the joy that comes in this Eucharist, in the joy of knowing that each day we have the opportunity to turn toward God and receive His mercy. Today's psalm contains some powerful words which we would do well to reflect upon. Remember your compassion, O Lord. The sins of my youth and my frailties remember not. In your kindness remember me. Because of your goodness, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Thus he shows sinners the way. 
He guides the humble to justice and teaches the humble his way. May we, in true humility, approach our Lord this evening in this Eucharist.